Welcome to the Faith and Money podcast with your famous, outstanding, and good-looking hosts, Keith Conley and Crystal Wampler. We don't only bring you great content related to money, wealth, and generosity, we also bring you great dad jokes. Keith, that's, that's debatable. We'll see how good your dad jokes are. But so far, I'm skeptical. Keith Connolly is an independent, certified financial planner and certified kingdom advisor. He is the president and CEO of True Legacy Financial Planning, which is based in Orange County, California. True Legacy Financial Planning is a financial advisory firm that specializes in bringing clients expert financial advice implemented with biblical wisdom. True Legacy enjoys working with faith-based business owners, Christians, nonprofits, ministers, and high net worth families across the nation. You can contact Keith through the firm's website, www.truelegacyfp.com. The Faith and Money podcast is a podcast where we discuss the relationship of money, wealth, and generosity with the Bible. The goal of this podcast is to equip believers in Jesus Christ to honor the Lord with their wealth, Proverbs 3.9. We will explore topics like the true meaning of wealth and its biblical uses. The Bible says that we shouldn't love money, but here at Faith and Money, we are committed to bringing you the full scope of financial wisdom found in the Bible. Yes, and if you haven't already, please do subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends and all of your enemies too. We love bringing you valuable content with fantastic and relevant interviews with interesting people to inspire you to build and leave a legacy, a financial legacy even, to God's glory. And also, don't forget to send your questions, your comments, and Rotten Tomatoes for Crystal to the show's email at faithandmoneypodcast at (laughs) gmail.com. Our fantastic and interesting guest for today's episode is Jeff Blyde, who is an estate planning attorney based in Santa Ana, California. Jeffrey Blyde practices law to preserve family legacies. His main focus is assisting families of all generation with estate plan, trust, and business transitions. He also practices in real estate and corporate law, working with many families in Southern California who own investment properties or operate their own business. He has been with the firm Blyde, Dillon, and Mackey for over 11 years, where he has the continual privilege of working with his father and law partner, Timothy Blyde. During law school, Jeff received the Whitkin Award in Business Associations and Evidence, was on the dean's list, a recipient of the Merit Scholarship, and graduated cum laude. He is a licensed California real estate broker. When not working at the firm, Jeff enjoys camping on the coast with his wife, Jessica, and their three children, running half marathons and helping with community projects in the Orange County area. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Thank you, Crystal and Keith, for that uh, flattering introduction there. You know, Jeff, being an interview or being an, an, an attorney must mean you love lawyer jokes, right? Whether or not I love them, I hear them, right? Well, you know, Jeff, here's one for you. What do you call a priest who passes 
law school and the bar exam? <laughs> what? A father-in-law. <laughs> Keith, you know, your wife and I agree that your dad jokes are no good. Well, come on. You know, contrary to Crystal and my wife, Kristen, I object. <laughs> you sustained my objection, attorney Jeff? Uh, 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 sustained. Awesome. <laughs> I like I like Jeff already. Jeff, 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 Jeff. We're gonna have to talk. Yeah. <laughs> Here's our question of the day from Phyllis from Fairfax, Virginia. Writes: My husband and I have owned and operated a successful manufacturing business for over forty years. We are nearing retirement, and our CFO would like to buy the business and pay us two hundred thousand a year for twenty-five years. Is this a good idea? Well, that's a, that's a, a very loaded question. And, you know, a lot of our questions, we just don't have quite enough information, but here's some things we got to think about. And I'm actually going to give Jeff here some of his own insight into this type of question. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different things that need to be taken into account, like what kind of entity is this business? Is it a corporation or an LLC? Uh, and uh, it, And what kind of sale transaction methods are available for the different entities. Uh, you know, where are the risks of that kind of, of method of transferring the business? Uh, you know, with a cash sale, it's you just receive all the money up front, whereas with an installment sale, you may be able to stretch out the period of time where you receive, where you pay taxes on, on the sale of that business. But it also comes with some risks, doesn't it? You know, the CFO may not, you know, he may not run the business well and he may run the business to the ground and you may not get all of your payments. Uh, he may stop making payments for whatever reason. Uh, and so there's always that risk, whereas with a cash sale, you would just receive everything up front. Um, but, you know, the, the question that we obviously don't know is how much is your business worth? Do you know what your business is worth? Have you performed evaluation or is this just him saying, hey, this is what I'll pay you? Um, and so, you know, if you haven't received an inventory of your of all of your business, if you haven't done that valuation, that would be a really good place to start. But I would also encourage you to work closely with your tax professional, your attorney and financial advisor to figure out what the best methods are for reducing the taxes of the sale and ensuring uh, that you actually receive the full uh, cost of the business. Uh, one of the things that you could do if you do an installment sale would be to re uh, require the buyer to purchase a life insurance policy on himself um, that would pay you in the event that something were to happen like he were to pass away and uh, you could actually receive a death benefit um, to pay for, for the, the business uh, if the installment sale doesn't uh, get paid in full. Um, Jeff, what insights do you have here? Yeah, those were uh, excellent insights. And Keith, I think you had maybe more of some of the uh, practical legal aspects. Uh, when I come across a question like this, as seller, I'm more concerned about, um, are you going to actually, like Keith alluded to, get the money? And uh, it's easier to have uh, 
get money when it's there rather than carry it out for 25 years. Huge risk. Um, practical insights, uh, right? CFO can get an SBA loan for some of a purchase price. Uh, those are readily available loans. Uh, that's going to at least hedge some of you. So maybe there's a million dollars up front um, of the $5 million dollar total here. Um, it's a 40-year-old business. He shouldn't have any issue uh, financing against that business. Uh, but like Keith said, uh, if it is mismanaged or run poorly or the industry competitor outclasses that, there's no money there. And so do you want more upfront? You want to retire? Uh, or maybe you do a lesser purchase price, right? And th- there's a lot of flexibility around that. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, as Keith said, uh, you can say, hey, I'm more concerned, not necessarily total value, but right retirement one consideration, or no, I want to get top dollar. You could preliminary order a business appraisal. Those are uh, quasi costly, but that's going to give you a good idea for what maybe a market rate would be. So uh, you're at beginning stages, lots of options out there. Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. Good. In In today's episode, we will be discussing estate planning with Jeff. An estate is essential part of every Christian's family's obligation to the Lord to be good stewards of what for the Lord to be good stewards of what is entrusted to them by God. Why is an estate plan so important, Jeff? Yeah, and you know, uh one of the questions that's kind of fun to ask here, and this is uh I'll just start. Um this is in some ways state state specific. So right now we are in California and I am licensed in California. Uh, I do not practice law outside of the States. There are some generalities. Okay. But uh, a lot of this, I I can focus on the California end. Um, So the fun question is, uh, it it would be asking even Crystal and Keith, uh, if you didn't have a trust or a will, do you have an estate plan? Yes. Keith got, that was my trick question, and Keith here, <laughs> you know, but yeah, and so the, the idea being is, uh, you know, who needs one, and everyone has one, and what that is, is there's the probate code in California, and every state has something like that, that says, hey, if you don't have anything in place, then we're going to presume to know what you want, and a lot of times it's not bad, it says, oh yeah, you got kids, it goes to kids, uh, but that process, uh, we're going to talk more um, can get pretty inefficient, costly, things like that. But everyone has one, okay? So whether or not you got 10 bucks in the bank or no children or a few million dollars and, uh, you know, a dozen kids. Uh, so is it just the wealthy? No. Um, and we'll, we'll talk more about that. So that, that was the question there. So, uh, so, so what you're saying, Jeff, is that everyone has an estate plan and it and you know it's dependent on upon what that estate plan entails depends on you know obviously what you have but also what the your respective state that you live in says will happen to whatever you possess that is and it will we'll play it out uh so if i have kids then uh it, Right. Spouses, uh, let's just assume they'll get everything barring weird circumstances. Uh, Right. If my spouse and I pass, it goes to the kids. Now, what does that look like if we didn't have a trust in place in California? 
that means that the transition of those assets to the children would have to go through something called probate. Now, probate in California is not inherently evil, uh, except the cost of that is determined by statute. And it says, hey, we're going to look at the total value here, the gross value. So who cares about the mortgage? And based on that gross value, that's how much this is going to cost to get it over. And uh, assuming you have a house in California, you have at least a gross estate of 750000 although that number increases <laughs> quite a bit, um, million. So it's easy here uh, to have that. The cost of that probate at a minimum of seven fifty, dollars if that was the total value, would be $36,000. That's by statute. That does not go to the government. That doesn't go to California. It doesn't go to uh, the, the federal level. That goes to attorneys, administrators, uh, third-party appraisers, and a bunch of people that are required to be part of that process. When we have a trust, we can avoid that entirely. And so that, that's one of the options. If we have assets, and a rule of thumb, whether you like it or not, it says if you have a house in California, you need a trust. Uh, if nothing else, uh, the cost of a trust is tens and tens of thousand dollars less than probate, okay? Probate also takes about a year and a half uh, to get through. And I think, um, I don't know, you, you, Keith, you might have some uh, some good horror stories about probate or people fighting when there's nothing in place. Yes. Um, yeah, you, you've seen some of that. Right. So what you're saying is that paying for trust is exponentially cheaper than going through probate. You know, it uh, almost guaranteed, but yes, it will be. Uh, and more importantly, in some ways, is the, the exercise of control through a trust. Right. I go back to our prototypical young family in California. Uh, we have a house and we have kids. Uh, despite the best of our abilities, 18-year-old uh, children, 18-year-old adults, right? Then that's the key. You're 18, you're an adult. You might not be the most uh, financially mature or responsible. If we did not have a will or a trust in place, a child would be entitled to whether or not their inheritance had been held for 10 years with a guardian of the estate over the monies, um, or they pass, you know, the parents pass at 18 or 19. It just goes to them. And uh, I don't know of any 18-year-old uh, uh, male, I won't pick on, on women, but I don't know an 18-year-old guy who would make a good decision with 20 grand, you know, let alone any amount more than that yeah we've all heard the the stories about you know the millionaire like uh or or like michael jackson you know who dies without an estate plan and you know it goes through probate and california decides where his assets go and it just takes it a long time but you know what if i don't like what california says my property goes to then i can have control of that you know, with the trust, you know, maybe I want some of my net worth to go to a church or to a missionary or, or to whatever, you know, the, the local animal rescue, whatever it might be, your trust could help ensure that and not allow California to make that decision for you, right? Well, 100%. And California would never, uh, their charity is themselves. Uh, and so California would never allocate anything apart, you know, your, your kids right. would Right. But um, right. that is that is the trust that you are able. Your property is your property. 
And so you can do whatever you want with it. Right. So, so that, yeah. And so kind of bringing, you know, the spiritual aspect of that, you know, I talk to my clients over and over again, you know, about, first of all, you know, whose, whose is it, you know, who, who it's your house, but who is really the ultimate owner. And it's obviously, you know, God is the owner of all things, you know, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Uh, but then if we don't think, you know, more long-term than that, you know, just I'm the manager of this, we need to think about, you know, preparing the next steward, uh, whether that's our children, our grandchildren, our great nephew, um, some, whoever that might be, it's, in, it's not just important to have that estate plan, it's important to, you know, con- you know, to prepare that person to receive whatever will be entrusted to them, either while you're going to still alive and pass it to them or after you pass away. You know, would you like to address that at all, Jeff? Yeah, and you got it. Um, This idea of saying we are stewards of uh, God's gifts, right, whether they're uh, financial, other resources, uh, real estate, right, we mentioned stock and business. Um, That is something that we can continue to steward at our passing. One quick way we alluded to it, I'll just repeat it. By avoiding probate, we've opened up an additional, let's just call it thirty to $40,000 for children and any other uh, people that you would like money to go to, um, apart from the incredible time efficiency of a trust as well. A trust, uh, with regard to our kids, we can say, you know, we want to encourage them uh, to be able to uh, deal with finances, grow into financial maturity, uh, have some wherewithal, right? And not just make a, a decision that uh, destroys their inheritance. And that's what the trust can account for. We can say, okay, we can put parameters around their share. So an 18-year-old is not just left with hundreds of thousands of dollars. There's a third party who's in charge of that. That's called the trustee outside of our discussion for that. But it's still the kids, it's for their benefit. We're just not giving them unfettered control over all this amount. Uh, And so we can say, hey, throughout the course of their lifetime, they can receive resources for their needs, for education, for health. But let's just wait until they're older, 30, 35, 40, until they get really large lump sums. Right. So, Jeff, what is the difference between a trust and a will? Yeah, that is, again, this is a nuance that's going to be for California, although other states have different issues. Uh, if you guys go to LegalZoom, uh, Christian Trustmaker, you go to anywhere, you go online and say, I want a will. And uh, that template, that will probably be a, a workable template. And you could print that out and say, yeah, I want my kids to have everything. And I want Crystal to be in charge of the money because she's good with money. Uh, and she handles it for my kids. You sign it, uh, it's witnessed, or so there's some other things that could be done. That could be a valid will. Uh, you can handwrite stuff, but goodness, that people are going to fight over that, I promise you. Um, if you just have a will in California, it will not, your assets will not avoid probate. So you can still exercise a lot of specificity within that, but ultimately it's going to take 18 months at least to get your estate settled then distribute it out uh, amongst them, you know, 18 months. We freeze assets up during that time for a portion of that time. And then again, the cost 
it's just a waste of money, right? We talk about being prudent and with our resources. Um, it's just, it's, there's no other way to say it, right? Just a waste of money, but that happens. So a will could be valid. You can exercise control, cost a lot of money to administer. A trust does everything, but we, it's such a structure that says we can immediately have people jump onto trust assets, real estate, cash accounts, stock. They can exercise control. They can sell. We don't need any court oversight in that context. Uh, a general rule of thumb for me is if we can avoid court, let's do it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, with the, correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff, but like a will, if I have minor children and I say in my will that I want Crystal to raise my children, that the will would, that would be enforceable, correct? Yes. Yeah. Crystal, you have a lot of responsibility. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, taking care of money, taking care of kids. <laughs> Listening to his jokes. Yeah, the without uh, an estate plan is comprised of a bunch of different documents that do a bunch of different things, and uh, the trust usually that's dealing with the high level assets again, the house and cash. Of the will, um, for our purposes, if we have young families, that's the document where we say, "Hey, if we want someone to take care of our kids." This is who I'd like to take care of them. Who cares about money? Um, and, and my fun thing, I'll joke about this is, um, you know, uh, Keith, you might have uh, eight different people who are just, they were, they're just standing at the door saying, yes, we want to take care of the kids. Uh, but you are able to say, you know, I actually want this person, right? And so the nomination in the will takes precedence over anyone else. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, what are the different parts of an estate plan that every family ought to consider? Yeah, uh, the trust and the will, right? With young families, we deal with guardians for minors. That would be uh, part of that plan. The trust says, hey, we have assets. And uh, if we have young families, we often have life insurance, which that is a huge asset. Uh, I would say a necessary one. That has the potential for a large infusion in cash, Okay. And what's the goal as parents? Take care of our kids. Okay. We're paycheck to paycheck, but that's what the life insurance is able to supplement. Uh, So the trust deals with large assets, uh, big ticket items, money. There are uh, those two things. They're forward looking, right? And and we as Christians, we are grateful uh, for the mercy of the Lord. He is good to us now. And at passing, we are with him. Uh, and that the trust is that forward-looking idea. Uh, hey, it's important. It's big. Um, costs some money. But we see the purpose of that come into play whenever we pass. We can set up a trust right now. It can it'd be good for 40, right? It's perpetual. There's not a termination on that per se. And so um, 40 years later, st- still a good trust. Uh, the other components, power of attorney and healthcare directive. And um, you guys might have an idea of that. Uh, Always a fun question. uh, And Crystal will bring you in. Um, For example, right, Crystal, if something, uh, if you have a medical condition that and you can't think straight and to say, this is why I went for care. Do you know who's going to make those decisions for you? (laughs) 
Who? <laughs> yeah. Um, that would be you you determine that uh through something called the healthcare directive. Mm. And so we say, you know, an estate plan says, hey, big, big high-level summary is I'm getting taken care of with my stuff by who I want, how I want. And part of that, uh, just like the guardian of a child, you know, irregardless of money, how am I being cared for? Uh, healthcare directive, and that one's super self-explanatory, uh, but you say, hey, I want mom to do it, right? <laughs> She's been doing it for forever anyway. Uh, right. but, yeah. What I tell people, you know, who are my clients or I'm in conversation with about the medical directive is that, you know, one of the things I recommend they do is when their kid goes to college, they get that just maybe the medical directive done for their kid because, you know, junior goes to college and God forbid, you know, he gets wasted drunk and is in the hospital and, you know, the because he is an age of majority, <laughs> you know, the hospital may or may not talk to the parents, right? And so having that medical directive could say, hey, mom and dad, you know, I'm, I'm 20 years old, but, you know, here I am, I'm the parent, I have the medical directive, and I can make decisions for my 20-year-old child. 100%, yeah. It is one of those funny things where once we turn 18, we are magically independent, right? Uh, as surprising as that may be for parents or children. And that is the idea, right? Uh, so parents go, or excuse me, children go off to college. Uh, parent can't check their school. Uh, grades, uh, medical information, uh, we dive into that. Um, but that would be something oftentimes, and, and not just to bring the, the scare, right? Um, hey, a doctor usually right they'll they'll defer to a parent um but they don't have to and especially the more extreme the circumstance the more less likely someone is to defer without something because it's liability exposure uh, but all, yeah anyone yeah if you have a body a healthcare directive right who cares about money that would be something good to have uh and you say oh i want to do this person to make decisions for me and then you can always, you supplement that. You say, this is how I want to be taken care of. Um, and you can get very specific with that as well, uh, which makes sense because it's, it, it's, your, it's your body, right? What do you want to happen? Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> another component, uh, this one is always fun to bring up now because uh, of uh, pop culture. Uh, do you guys recall uh, the last few years that Britney Spears was in the news? Yeah, I was just talking to my mom about it this morning. No, wait, wait, really? Brittany? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just some stuff that our family's going through, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Brittany, um, so she, uh, you know, we say what happened to her. And I actually, you, you guys might know this, I don't. Was there actually like a, there was a documentary about that. I don't know. I think yeah. there was, but I haven't seen it. There, there was, I actually did see it. Was it like a multi-episode deal or like a one-hour documentary or, you know? No, I don't remember what it was, but I believe it was a two-hour documentary of some kind, if I can remember correctly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's funny, right? We don't remember uh, how long or exactly what if. You just remember going, how the heck did her dad do this? Right. <laughs> That's the bottom line. 
Uh, that's because he was appointed by a court to be a conservator over her, her state, and I believe her person. Um, I might mess up the facts on that because I, I just, I, I don't follow pop culture. Um, great music, still listen to it occasionally, right? I just. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the power of attorney it is a document that says, well, what happens if I can't, I'm living, but I can't make decisions for myself? Uh, specifically, uh, financial, transactional, contractual decisions. Uh, this could be anything from uh, paying bills. I need to cancel a lease, sell a car, need to file my tax returns. It could be all the way on the other end of uh, I'm incapacitated uh, because a car hit me and someone needs to sue that person. Okay. A power of attorney is a document that says, well, I can appoint someone to act on my behalf in my name, in my interest, right? In any of those situations. If you don't have that, and again, we're not talking necessarily that I have a million dollars. We're talking about rights, right to sue, right to contract. Uh, so do I need a lot of money? No. Uh, what that document, in the absence of that document, the court can say, if there is an adult, that cannot make decisions for themselves. The court can appoint someone to make those decisions for them. That's what a conservatorship is. Mm. It's a, a guardianship over an adult. And so in Brittany's case, uh, they, um, I, again, I don't know the full details, but the basics is there's an adult. Uh, it was evident, at least presented to the court, uh, that they found satisfactory that she could not make decisions for herself which may have been legitimate because of the amount of worth. You know, I wouldn't be able to handle $400 million worth of stuff. Um, and so a court appointed someone to do that. And they they vet out that whole circumstance. Uh, whenever we go to court, it is time and money, uh, which was the goal. Uh, well, editorial there. Um, but the conservator can get paid for their, for doing that job. Uh, so that, that's what happened. So, uh, bring it down. Uh, would we need to go to court for conservatorship if we had a power of attorney? No. We have pre-appointed, predetermined who we would want to make decisions for us in that context. And, and so that 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 would be uh, the, that component of an estate plan. Nothing to do with death. If you die, power of attorney doesn't do anything, right? And so, yeah. Well, we're running short here on, on time, but this has been a really engaging and enlightening discussion, Jeff. Um, you know, we definitely want to have you back on to talk about any number of different topics relating to estate planning in, in the Christian life. Um, you know, I personally enjoy working with you and, and, and have sent several clients and even family members my, your way. So, you know, I appreciate the work that you've done. What I will say is that uh, if any of our listeners here in California want to reach out to Jeff to get uh, an analysis of their need for an estate plan or maybe review the, their already existing estate plan, because things are always changing in that regard, I'm going to put Jeff's uh, firm's website uh, in our show notes so you can reach out to him. Uh, we are just so thankful for you coming on today, Jeff. Yeah. Crystal, Keith, very much appreciate that. And uh, it's been fun. And, and Crystal, you just uh, hopefully nothing happens to Keith and I, or else you're going to have <laughs> decisions and, and taking care of kids and stuff. I know. I know. I have a lot on my plate, don't I? Let's just make sure you both have insurance. <laughs>
<laughs> and yeah. estate plans. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we thank you for our many listeners and, and don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already done so. Share it with a friend, share it with an enemy and send your questions and your comments to faithandmoneypodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.